Hello, everyone. Hi. Hi. Hope you're keeping safe and healthy and wearing your mask when you go out in public. I'm doing pretty good. Starting off this new year with the new podcast and feeling cautiously optimistic overall. We're just about five days away from the inauguration of Joseph Biden and Kamala Harris and all the incredible cabinet he's put together to bring some peace and love and unity with people that are committed to peace and love and healing. So today's episode of Radical Musings is with some dear friends, rock and roll power couple Perry and Eddie Farrell. These two are amazing artists who juggle family life and the rigors of touring and performing together. And that's always been interesting to me. Like, how do you guys do this as parents, too? Perry, of course, is the frontman of Iconic's Jane's Addiction, one of my favorite bands, and pioneer owner of Lollapalooza. Eddie, his wife, is a talented singer and dancer who has toured for years with Jane's. And I want to check in and see how they're, they're faring during this time because, you know, What's it like not to be able to perform in front of a live audience? I mean, how have they stayed connected or reconnected with one another? What's family life like? And I just want you all to check it out and hear the conversation we had, which actually we got to do with safe social distancing in my house. We were all tested. We were all okay. And we had our little pod and they drank a beautiful bottle of champagne and, uh, and I got to talk to them and about their lives and how they are and how they create. Check it out. In this time of quarantine, how do you guys balance this time with your kids, homeschooling, being together 24-7, not going on the road? You guys are used to you know, going on the road. You guys have the biggest rock festival in the world, Lollapalooza, that is a franchise. And what has this done to live music for everybody? I'm in a lot of pain about it. You actually own Lollapalooza. What the fuck is going to happen? Good things things are on the horizon. So, you know what? I actually feel that history will look back at this time if we play it right, mm-hmm. we can benefit from this time off. Yes. Because it gives us time to reconsider. It gives us time now. Like, I'll give you an example. So our friend Mark Geiger, who yeah. helped, you know. Uh, I love Mike, Mark Geiger. Start Lollapalooza. He was the president of William Morris. What he did was he, could, uh, uh, along with a couple of other people around the country, they're looking to buy up the, the venues that went down. And do well when the time comes, which well, like we're virtual expecting. Re, re no, fixing no. it so it's no, no. Um, so he's looking to you know buy the the classic venues anyway. And at the time when the time comes, which is not going to be far, we're expecting next summer. Yeah, next summer we're going to be open and for business again. And so I told Mark, I go, well, you know what, man? Before you do that, I, I want one of the clubs. Because I want to put in an immersive theater yes. with Atmos surround sound. So what I'm getting at my point is this has given us a chance to reconsider. It almost seems like we were going down reset. the wrong path. Dude, not only a reset, but a regeneration. So we have to not, you know, we, we can't let this opportunity slip by. We have to now put in better than what it was. Yeah. 
And Reconsider that's what everything with government, with yes. relationships, with nightclubs. You know, how are you doing that as the couple? Because you know, you you you're on the road with him. You you you're on stage. Like, how has this in impact- bed? <laughs> well, in the kitchen. How, I certainly- how has this impacted you? <laughs> and your kids are home. They're just homeschooling. Like, are they on Zoom? Well, one of that's- them graduated. And what? I know he's 18. No. And he, yeah. So here's, I think I understand that. I want to throw it out there. Of course, the pandemic is a terrible thing that happened. People losing their jobs, people losing their lives. Right. But with that being said, I want to say that for our family, and you remember when your kids are teenagers, yeah. they want nothing to do with you. You barely even know if they're home or not. But once the quarantine happened, they couldn't hang out with their friends. They had no school. So within two months, you know, they kind of come around and our family became closer. That's yeah. great. And my son even yeah. said to Perry, he said, you know, it's actually a good thing because if I had, you know, if quarantine had happened, I graduated, I would have moved away. I never would have came back to speak to you guys. I never would have came back home. But now look. Because now they understand along. though, they, he has the life of, you know, let's face it, we have some privilege going on here and, and, and. That they that that was your job to be on the road, and that's hard mm-hmm. on a kid. Very, hard. it is hard. It's hard yeah. on kids when you know when their parents leave them on right. the, on the road. Yeah. Except he started using it to party, like he was going when we got back and uh, we were supposed to go back out to South America, and you know clearly we couldn't. No, we were supposed to go to New York for a job, and he said that. Well, um, I put together a mixer. He goes, it's going to be okay, Dad. I know how to do this. I know how to do this. I'm like, like, a mixer. He's like, can you get a hotel for the weekend? Because I already invited people. It's too late for me. To your house? Yeah. In March. During during, during quarantine. At the very beginning before quarantine happened. So what did you do? What did you guys do? We just let, I wanted to see how we can mix it up. So I like, this is a good sign. So yeah, I said, look, man, I'm not going to go check into a hotel. I live here. But uh, the mixer shall go on. So I said, we're just going to keep the door closed. And I checked it. I saw what, it, you know, how we operate. And how, how did it go? It Pretty good. good. You know, I. Were they like, partying? Like, like, was there part like. Well, they drink off my liquor, which is all right. Because it's, you know, it's good okay stuff. It's okay as long as they don't fill it back up with water. As long as they're not, yeah. as long, as long as they're not driving. Exactly. Right. And I would rather have the bottle be empty than make a drink and realize it's watered down. You know what I mean? So I said, don't fill it back up. I thought he did great. He cleaned up, right? Yeah, he, he cleaned, cleaned up. up. And it was, it was okay. Yeah. And, um, and, and when it comes to drugs, they've got a really healthy outlook, I would say. They have one friend in the gang that keeps, like, getting in trouble and overdosing. Well, and that's terrible. They put him in a rehab. But, but the rest of his friends are pretty responsible. And just yeah. know, because after a while, like, you know. How many times do you want to do that? It's like you don't right. want to watch people. Kids are ODing because I think what's happening is that shit that's coming the from China, the fentanyl. fentanyl. Stuff, it's right. it is yeah. it's it's rat poison. They're yeah. kill, it's killing people. Yeah, it's so dangerous as yeah. we saw with Prince. Right, and like right. You know, I mean, it's 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 so dangerous. All this 
these these downers that are happening is making me very oh, nervous. Smoke pot, I feel like. Do you like, guys talk yeah. about all this stuff with your kids? You sit. Yeah. There, this is whole new generation of dating online and and connecting with each other, which I actually am very scared about it on for many reasons because yeah. I do know because um, I work with you know people who investigate all these this crazy uh, stuff that's happening to our kids. And it scares me, but it's also if it, there can be a way where it can actually really be safe for them. And we know that kids aren't, you know, giving their information to creepy people who want to traffic them. Then, you know, it is the new world. It really is. I, I, my daughter just turned 26 in October. So it's like Zoe, she's 26. She's an incredible artist, you know, but she's got her shit and then navigating that with her. 26, she just, I could see the shift, like, Something just shifted where she's, you know. She's starting to get it. Yeah. Get, get yeah. the rhythm of life. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Thank God. Yeah. Nice. Hard, I feel like the world is evolving so much, especially with technology. And in technology evolving, it changes our relationship, how we interact with each other, our dynamic with each other. And I feel like it's hard for kids to navigate yeah. because the constant that we had when we were growing up, it's not really there anymore. Right, right. Well, it's there, but other These things are things showing so up to can kind of confuse it. But you really have to, if, you know, as a parent, like one thing I would point to, to, to being a good parent, constantly don't get cu- too caught up in that technology because that's a lot of white noise. Yeah. In the end, that's what I told him is in the end, you know, you have to get to know that person. The, uh, you know, when when the electricity goes off or fails, you're st- not. I don't want to say stuck with each other, but yeah. you are then but, with each other. But and you it, have it, to know that real soul. Like, have do you guys in this time? Have you had some like knockdown, dragged outs, fights? Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, well, you understand? My, my, you- I, 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 it, I was like, I don't know if I can hang this shit. I well, mean, it was like it, the, it got gnarly there for a minute. But then we just worked because through. of the proximity. It's yes, because and it's like twenty percent to distract you. Yeah, you're and, here with each other yeah, all day long. Yeah, and so and it's and it's it's intense. But you're are you making music? Yeah, we're doing it every day. Okay, so, so we do you we have a studio have in the edge. house? Huh? Have- yeah, I have a studio in my house. We have an edge because we performed. We've been performing with each other. For what twenty something Since years? Seven. So yeah. would make it twenty three. So we're in close proximity with each other every day on the road, and you know in rehearsals. So to us, it's second nature. When we're home, are you no. still? Do you still have Jane's addiction, or is that just yeah? Still, so it's still together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, you know, now it's like I want to like I want to I want to hear Jane's addiction. Yeah. In quarantine, what the fuck is going yeah. on in your heads and how you guys yeah. put the music out there now? Right. Isn't this exciting? You can. Well, we we have been on a steady stream of recording Kind Heaven Orchestra with the band. Not no, not just Jane. Not Jane. Not, not yet. But but we're we're getting to it. Um, next year will be. I don't want to call it touring because, again, we don't know what it is. I don't want to go back to things that no. weren't perfect. Huh. Yeah, I would rather prefer to see if I can refine the world. Maybe it's the bubble. In. The bubble, like, well, you know what? Let's start. Let's start uh, with house party. Yeah, so house party. We've been um, writing music, producing it, 
and pressing it up, man. We've been pressing up vinyl. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So I want a vinyl. We come out with a box set that, that, um, so yeah. So it's the Perry Farrell James. It's, it's everything it's that you involved my, in. my, um, career in music starting with Psycom, which is my first band. <gasps> and it goes, um, porno with pyros, porno like, and wow. James, but, but more, it's more the, um, you're really solo. The work. solo like work. In a band. But I'm, co- but I'm collaborating with, I just did a collaboration with Chuck D from Public uh, Enemy. I love it. That'll Son? be coming out. No, no, I just love that you've done that. That's me. Yeah. Um, and so I'm looking at it like this. The, the, when things open back up, I think that it's going to start with people having kind of smaller house parties. So get your music collection ready. And, and then I'm also looking at the way we listen to music. Um, the, the hardware. So as we, most of us have uh, stereo mix, you know, stereo mixing house, um, home entertainment centers. I'm, uh, I remixed the last album, which was the kind heaven orchestra. It's remixed in Atmos surround sound, which you would know because that's how they, we listen to uh, music in the theaters. Right, right, right. So it's yeah, surround yeah. sound. Yeah. So I have an entire album remixed in surround sound. It sounds beautiful because you know how I do my delays. Yeah. And I have string sections and orchestra wow. mixed with electronics. So, Let me ask you, you've taken a long time not um, home and like when you're on the road, everybody's voices it's like resting this time did it rest your vocal cords and you feel like yeah. like it empowered you yeah you know i had um surgery recently which um for a node i had my discs i had two discs in my neck you did oh. and i have another one to go on my lower back but you know what they had to do they had to take my voice box out you oh. actually can't do that they just need fuck it. Well, they Makes took, they took it out. Yeah. No, but it's they really interesting. It like, it's, wow. So, so but I you was, had the greatest surgeon in the world of things. Yeah. This there, guy, can you sing? Are yeah. You sing? Yeah, and, I'm back. Wow. Yeah, but I was, I was, was worried. Right out of surgery, even before he's, he's still under anesthesia, but he was singing. He does, you don't remember singing, but they said you came coming out of the surgery room singing. Oh, yeah. my God. That's so to make cool. Make sure you can still do it. Yeah. Aww. So you had enough con- you were awake enough to understand that, or do you think it just came from? I'm not sure. You, like I, I don't, don't remember that. You, she so did. So that came that. from inside him. That he just was. The, his music <laughs> his came out, even though he was uh, still under. Still under. But so anyway, um, yeah. So I think things are going to be really great when when everything is up and running. It's going to be better than before. Woo-hoo. There's going to be collaborations around the world. I'm looking to. Uh, not just do Lollapaloozas around the world, but I want to actively go out and meet young musicians around the world and record with them and perform and do parties with them. That is, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. So where's Lollapalooza, the, this great festival, you have it in Peru? We, no, no, we no, not Peru. In, Where? Uh, well, well, Chicago. As no, you know. uh, Argentina. We have Argentina, Argentina Brazil, Brazil, Chile. Chile. In Europe, we have um, Stockholm, we have Paris, and Berlin. Right. 
When, oh, I didn't know there was a Paris uh, Lollapalooza. Yeah. When did that happen? I missed it's that. It's always oh, three, the four years ago. week of July. I didn't even know that. Three years ago. Where have I been? That's, this is, that's the You're bummer. That's working. the thing that I miss. Doing I miss out with my businessman husband sometimes. Like, it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. I should be in Paris. I'm flying in to go see my friends. In Paris. Yes, like, which please. I did do, you know, to Lollapalooza when, um, in Chicago and you guys had, and that was Radiohead time. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, thank you. So, two art. This has always been important. Important is how the balance of your art and your lives as artists together. But you're married, parents, living yes. in quarantine. How how are you managing to do that? And Etty, you've been a dancer for Jane's Addiction and worked with Perry for so many years. But in this time, it's like, are you transforming into another space for yourself as an artist? Yes. So I've been singing more. So we. I started singing, I think, in 2006 when his band, when his band broke up and, you know, needed someone to come in, lay down some vocals. And it turned out our voices. That was Satellite Party, right? Satellite Party. Yeah. Um, but we're singing more. Do you want to tell him about our new song? <laughs> okay. So. Are you writing together too? Or you write the no, song, then you sing his songs? I sing his songs. Yeah. So yeah. far. But. Um, Etty is a multi-instrumentalist as well as a, a ballet dan- a, a dancer. I didn't know that. Singing, but she can play guitar and you can? saxophone. Not so much. I'm okay with the guitar, but I can play the sax. Saxophone. Really? So, that's, that's so, so bitchin'. I yeah. want to say bitchin'. Yeah. <laughs> Rosanna, you'd love it. So we yeah. our new, our latest track is He's a, He's a Rebel. It's- Phil Spector's song, He's a Rebel by Darlene Love, you know, and the Crystals. So she's singing lead. She it's her like first single, and then um, there's a sax part, and she goes, "Man, I really wish I had my sax with me." I'm like, "What?" I go, "We're getting you a sax right, right away." So she laid down. I want to show you a picture. Yeah. Saxophone is a very anti-fascist instrument, and I'll explain why. But I want to see that live. I want to see you on stage with your sax. Uh, it's nerve-wracking, but though, but right? because because after a while. You know, dancing in your in your beautiful, gorgeous dancer yeah. life. Your body but falls after apart. a while, no, it had. But but after a while, it's like I I'm glad to see you're transforming in this time to Thank your you. truth as an artist too. Saxophone yeah. kills fascists. Why? Because the saxophone ki- kills, kills fascists. fascists. Okay. Because you know, dig okay. this in. The 19, or 19, late 1950s, early 1960s, when Castro took over power in Cuba, one of the things he did was he made a stipulation that no one can play saxophone anymore. Just he removed the, sa- he removed the saxophone. Because it must have, I wonder what, what that was, like something, some weird traumatic experience happened to him as a kid where he hated it. He so claimed much. that the saxophone was, uh, was um was an american instrument that was i know but in the bands in the band in the cuban orchestras you know isn't it crazy it was very disappointing and intense to hear that all these you know the cuban community in florida voted for trump i think what was that about like they voted for another fascist yeah well they were they were working on the ground for a few years to try to have the the Cuban community believe that Joe Biden was a socialist, and when they hear the word socialist, yeah, they go crazy. and they just 
And it's that and a little bit like, I understand wanting to be a part of something when you're, when you are an immigrant and you know, you're now living here in America and you want to be American. You might go along with somebody who says, you know, socialists, oh, those guys are bad. And you, you know, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a, a Cuban, obviously, but, but I had a, um, an uncle that was a Cuban drummer. Oh, I didn't know that. My father yeah. was a, 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 and I have his drums. He was an amazing conga player, and um, and and they're they're actually in that room. You could check them out. Um, yeah, my, so you my, were you, my, you were my, raised my, completely different. Like you're, how were you raised? You're come from a Jewish family. Yeah, but but again, but my father, my father did not wear yarmulke or pants. No. You know. I got bar mitzvah and I'm really glad I did, but um, he didn't go to temple very much. And my dad grew up uh, in the, he was kind of a teenager, young man in the forties. So he was really into going out dancing as a lot of the, the New Yorkers did. They would go and dance to the likes of, um, you know, like, Duke Ellington or Count Basie uh-huh. and they would wear zoot suits. Yeah. And they, and there was um, a movement that simultaneously was going on in Paris, in Paris. They, the movement was, they called themselves the Zazao. The Zazao were anti-fascist. That's People, what we are. Kids that we're love jazz. Yeah. They love jazz in their day. But like, yeah, we're Zazao. Zazao. We're anti-fascist. We're the Zazao. That's we're, right. Let's, let's, Let's make that happen now. Yeah. The, we're anti-fascist. Yeah. We're Zazao. Into jazz music. Oh, wait a minute. That's the song. But oh. anyways, yeah. So I was brought up in that type of a family. My my big brother was a c- complete freak, uh, outlaw biker, believe it or not. Uh, you know, in New York, they called him greaser. So he, yeah. he goes that far back. You, uh, initially, it wasn't long hair, but they would grease their hair back and wear what they called duck's ass, DAs, pompadour, duck's ass, like West Side Story or Rebel yeah. Without a Cause. Yeah. But really, who they were emulating was Marlon Brando in The Wild Bunch. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the Wild so that, One. The Wild was, One? The Wild. The Wild One. The Wild Bunch is the cowboy, oh, Sam Peckinpah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry right? about that. Yeah, and then mean- my sister... My sister loved, so my brother loved rock and roll, right? Did he and, turn you on to rock and roll? Yeah. And then my sister. What was sis- the first record that you remember that he turned you on to? Music. I mean, we, we loved in my house the Beatles and the yeah. Stones. Yeah. You know, um. What was you your mother? New York, Where was your did mom? You? What did she do? My mom was an artist. She just did, um. Her favorite thing to do was, believe it or not, she would find, it was a found object art. So basically, it's a nice it's a nice term of saying we would go through people's garbages on and weekends collect, and, collect. and collect things, and, and she turned it into art. Yeah. <gasps> Do you have her pieces? Uh, I don't. No. No. Is she still alive? No. When did she pass? She passed in 1962. Oh, oh, well, 1960. How old, how old were you? I was three and a half. Something. Oh, like that. so you were a baby. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't actually know that, Perry. Yeah. It's not a great story. Okay. So my mom took her own life back then. And is that how you and and Dave? Yeah, we we uh, wow. definitely connected on that. I actually never knew that about you. 
I yeah. knew that about Dave. Yeah. But that's two musicians who came together because they lost their their mom. So and there's something m- like you know that's so the, the the loss and grief at an early can, age can, can connect people and you and if you can turn your grief into art, which is I've been telling yeah my kid who has you know like the angst of stuff. It's like turn your turn your grief into art. Right. And she's like the most amazing poet. She's making, she's like. Your grief, your your rage. I'm so excited that um, Perry Farrell, your beautiful box set of all your work is coming out. And Etty, I'm so really inspired and excited that you're creating music now, playing the saxophone, creating <laughs> on your own, creating with your man. And and like, I think creativity is, it really, it, it does. Creativity Equals love. Together. It does. I love music so much. I mean, and you know, I shot all the backstage of interviews yeah. of Coachella and that was like my favorite job I ever had in my life. <laughs> more than any acting, more than anything. I just loved doing that so much. And um, when, when it went away because, you know, YouTube came on and they wanted somebody younger, like the whole thing. I was just like so brokenhearted. Oh, so brokenhearted. It'll well, it'll come back. Hey, when, when it, it comes, comes back, back, let me do it. Have to let, let me do it at, at Lollapalooza. Sometime. Yes. Okay, I'd love oh, to. Oh yeah, no, we've got we've I, got plans. We'll include you. Okay, I'd love yes. I'd love to come. I'd love to come in Lollapalooza in Paris because I have a okay. you know great friends there, <laughs> yeah. and then I'll just shoot the backstage interviews for for Paris. Let's do it. Okay, it's a plan. <laughs> All right, we honey. love you. Love you guys. Love you guys so much. Thank you. Hey everybody, thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and review Radical Musings to help other listeners find the show, and subscribe on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast to be alerted every time we post a new episode. Radical Musings is brought to you by Audio Up, produced by Krista Liney and Carla Braun, edited by Jeremiah Zimmerman, production support provided by Ashley Ardent, Sam Winter, Tyler Dorson, Emma Rappold, and Richard Regal. Thank you all so much. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Ah! Audio Up.